You're listening to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and today we have an exciting guest on the show, Ali Casaza, the author of the number one best-selling book, Declutter Like a Mother, which we read in the book club for the month of March, and we loved it. Ali is on a mission to empower other women to stop giving away their power and own their lives. She has built a massive audience and a multi-million dollar online business based on her proven family-oriented approach to simplicity. Allie has started a movement and it is spreading like crazy. She also happens to be the host of the podcast, The Purpose Show. Her platforms continue to grow every day as more women discover her life-changing approach to creating a truly abundant life. So be sure to check out the show notes to learn how you can connect with her. Now, let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking all about deep-level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello, Allie, and welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. As you know, we read your book in March, and I loved it. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you began this decluttering journey? Yes. Thank you so much for reading my book. That makes me so happy. I um, loved it. So I, I'll give you the short version, then we can dive into any other details that you feel like would be relevant. Okay. So for me, it was about 11 years ago at this point, I guess. Um, I had just had my third baby. Um, so I had three under three. I, of course, was in a really overwhelming state, like phase of life. Um, but I guess what I kept facing was I I wasn't doing well. And it was a, a very much a mental health issue. Um I was just really in a low place. I felt like I couldn't keep up with anything. Um, and then like my baby started getting a little older and like he was just a really good baby. Things were just kind of more balanced. And I was just kind of like still really struggling. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't function. I felt like I was losing myself. I felt like all I did was maintain my life. I wasn't enjoying anything. And then everyone that would come over to see the baby or hang out with me and the kids was like, enjoy this time. Like, <laughs> how am I? Ah. And so I ended up, um, just really feeling like this gut feeling like this is not, something is just off. It shouldn't be this way. I'm kind of reaching out to women that were ahead of me in life, um, that were older than me, that were in a different season than me and kind of just low key sort of being like, is this normal? And I just kept from everybody, like relatives, family, people in my life, um, friends, everybody the same general message of just like, girl, what did you expect? Like, this is motherhood. Um, but just like, wait, enjoy it. Because when they get older, then you've got like attitudes and it basically just gets worse. And um, I would kind of talk about like the house and the overwhelm and the mess and like, oh yeah, yeah, my house hasn't been clean in a decade. Like I haven't peed alone since my, <laughs> just really um, like joking but like very negative. And I just 
I mean, like the the young mom inside of me, like I wish I could know her now and just like hug her and speak life into her because it it wasn't okay. It wasn't funny. I was struggling really bad. I was having like really dark feelings, dark thoughts. I didn't want to be a mom anymore. I felt bad about feeling that way. Um, And so I sat in that place for months. And then I had this one day where like my toddler was just flipping out. It was a really hard day. It was just, I wanted to, I was snapping. And when you're snapping at like toddlers and babies, that's like a new low. You're just like, Yes. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. Like you're looking at yourself almost from an aerial perspective and you're just like, this is not the person I want to be. This is not the motherhood story I want. And I got the kids in front of the TV, went upstairs in my room, slumped down against the wall in the bathroom, locked the door and just started bawling. And basically I ended up having this epiphany moment where I just kind of saw myself going through my days, going through my life. And I saw myself just like trying to keep up, keeping up with the kids, keeping up with the house, keeping up with the schedule full of obligations because I didn't know how to say no. And I thought that it would be selfish if I tried to make my life easier and just all of this heaviness. And I was just like, God, how do I what do I do though? Like, how do I eliminate that? And I just kind of had this thought, like it's physical clutter. Like there's just so much shit everywhere. How do I, what if I just didn't have all of this stuff? Like I'm, I'm literally thinking through my house, like the things I can think of right now that are out, out. If I get up and go out of this bathroom, the stuff that's out, like, I don't even know where it came from or if we need it or why it's here. And yet it's taking up like all my time and energy and causing me to be this stressed out. Like, no. Um, and I think like, I felt like maybe I needed something more philosophical as a solution. Like, I I don't know what I was expecting, but I couldn't shake the very practical thought that it was just physical clutter. And so that day, like I just kind of started, I simplified the kids toys because that was a shit show. I started with like my laundry, the kitchen, the dishes, like just the things that I was maintaining every day. And girl, like the lightness that came through in those few weeks, like was so dramatic and beautiful and helpful. Like completely changed my life, my state of mental health, my emotional availability for myself, my kids, my family, like my life started then. That's, um, that's absolutely amazing. I want to thank you for sharing all that because I do believe that pretty much every mother feels that way at some point. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we all share that. And that point that you made where everybody was like, well, that's just how it is. And Mm -hmm. I remember feeling that way when I had three and I was a single mom and I always felt completely overwhelmed. And I always felt like I was in this state of like fight or flight all the time. And it's so, it's kind of depressing. I don't know if that's the right word, but also like discouraging, like, is this all there is? And Mm -hmm. I think it's that, that one little nudge that you got that it was like the physical thing, the physical space thing that just kept coming back to you was just so, I mean, I'm so glad that that happened for you. And I, I, as you're telling me the story, I'm like, how come that never came into my head? (laughs) Well, and also like, I think that we get the messages that are going to lead us to like our path and look at what happened beyond, beyond for me and my little world. Like, this is my, this is my mission. 
this started like a, a company that has freed so many women and given so many children their moms back. Like yes. I was meant to get that message to share it with other people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So and another point that I want to make is that decluttering is far more than just physical space. It could also be applied to your life. What are some ways that you do this? Yeah, for sure. So once you start with the physical space, like physical decluttering is just so incredibly therapeutic. Um, it's like almost like you can't help but get on a roll and start to think like, well, if I'm doing this with my physical stuff and it's going really well and it's feeling so much better, what would happen if I did this with my calendar? Like I remember after I had I was really on, like I had finished decluttering my house. I was blogging about it. I was feeling really good and just felt really proud of myself or digging myself out of that rut and like finding that freedom. And I was frustrated that I had to go to something. I think it was like, that was like back in my church days. I think I was like a church thing I was helping out with or something. And I was like getting ready to go, packing up the kids, changing the baby for the millionth time because he kept pooping and spitting up, getting in the car and going to help with something when I was like, just really not there. Like I mm -hmm. really didn't want to. That's not what I needed. And I just remember thinking like how selfish it was of me to think like no one's pouring into me, but I have to go and do this. And just kind of stopping and being like, but is that selfish? Like look at these babies depending on me. Like my well is so empty. And yet I'm going to go and like help out with something that I really feel in my gut I need to back out of, but I'm scared to back out of it because that would make me feel like I'm a bad person. And I remember being on the drive to that um, that event and just really like and then going and following through and being there in it and just really feel again like that kind of come out of your body, seeing yourself from an aerial perspective, like, why am I doing this? Why am I showing up for everybody but myself? What would happen if I kind of took these principles of simplifying and applied it to what's on my calendar? And so I started to say no to things. I backed out of things. And that was so hard for my little people-pleasing self back then. Um, but yeah, like simplifying what, what's on your calendar? Does it reflect what you say your priorities are? Is it aligning with who you really want to be and how you want to feel? Because it's not selfish to do that. It's imperative. It makes you useful. It makes you aligned. And if something doesn't feel good, that's your body giving you the signal like, this is too much. We're not good. This is out of alignment. Something's got to go. Yeah, this is you're speaking my language, lady. You really are. <laughs> because this is, yeah, this is what I talk about all the time. And so this is definitely something that's more common in women than men, I notice, but there's men that do it too. Mm -hmm. And we always put everybody else first. We're very empathetic and, and we never think to put ourselves first. And I, I always say that when you put yourself first, then you can show up as the best version of yourself for your kids, for your business, for your partner, whoever, right? Mm -hmm. So so when you learn how to set those boundaries and then, you know, manage them, it's, uh, it, it's life-changing. You could really begin to blossom as the real you. It's almost like you said, it's an alignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And this goes for everything. Like your so we talked about your calendar, but what about like just the general way that your days feel? Like almost like looking at it um from an energetic standpoint. What times of the day do you just kind of feel like there's a lull? Like that's saying something. You need something. Something needs to go or be added in to bring more ease and flow and simplicity to your day. Um creating like I have this 
I don't really do routines, like rigid routines. I am super type B, definitely am a neurodivergent babe. Like my ADHD is, it just doesn't work for me. And so I have a process that I developed that I call the anchors and rhythms um, method. And so basically like creating rhythms in your day and your life and your week. So things are running for you and you're not having to remember everything all the time and taking up that mental space, like releasing that, making things easier for yourself. It's not, it doesn't need to cost money. It's not that complicated, but like asking that question, where can I simplify things for myself and bring lightness in instead of over complicating? Because we over complicate everything for two reasons. Number one, it's just normal for things to be complicated. We're used to it. We don't really think about it or know anything else. Everyone else is living the same way. So why would we notice it? And number two, we overcomplicate things to make things harder so that we feel more worthy of rest when we get it. Yes, absolutely. It's about removing all those little things that mm-hmm. add friction to whether it's your your space or the processes that you take throughout the day. Mm-hmm. It, it's about removing all those little things that cause that friction or slow it down or make it unflowy kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another thing that you said that really stood out was you said that you're you're living differently than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So when you start to do this, you know, embrace this decluttering process into your whole life, then you begin to do things very differently than the majority of the way the rest of the world is living. And so what kind of challenges pop up when you, when that happens? People will always push back. Um, it's almost like the way that you're living is so much lighter Uh, I've had people, and this is, I'm just going to speak from my own experience, but this is echoed in my community. People in my like Facebook groups or in my DMs and my comments on my posts will share like people push back. So it's, it's going to happen. And it's just about like knowing where you want to go, knowing your worth and staying in your lane. So when, when I started shifting, my life got so much lighter. I was just, first of all, like I was just a happier person. Um, I really felt like I had space to step into for lack of a less cliche way to say this. I had mental and emotional space to step into who I really am, like who I was put here to be. Um, I started like home educating my kids because I had the availability to do that. I started blogging. I turned it into a business. I started making a bunch of money and impact and traveling with the kids. And we bought a camper and renovated it and toured the U.S. in it for a year, like just living this beautiful beautiful, good, lighter life. And um, people that are dissatisfied with themselves will see reflected back at them through you what they wish they had. Like people don't realize that jealousy is such a big signal of something that you desire and deserve to have but are not allowing into your life. And when people don't know how to recognize that, they just project their own insecurities and unhappiness back onto you. So getting a lot of like comments or must be nice or yeah, I'm what if I could, like you can, it is nice and you can, but you're not. And that's not on me. Yeah, I, that's right. It isn't on you. And I love what you just said, which is an excellent point, is that when somebody is jealous, it, it kind of just points out what they really want in their life. And that's so true. And so when you find yourself in that in that place where you're feeling jealous, you should really like question yourself. This is something I must want. How can I bring this into my life? Mm, lean into it. Like yeah. jealousy has become my favorite emotion. 
Yeah, it's good because you realize that's something that's showing you something. Everything is a some kind of a, a sign, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So does this approach, I know this is kind of a silly question, but I, I need to ask it because as you know, that I was a single mom and I had three kids and I was in complete overwhelm for probably 10 years, right? And like fight mm-hmm. or flight for like 10 years. So do you think this approach would work very well for single moms? Absolutely. I'm so glad. Like when you mentioned that at the beginning of the episode, I was like, I hope she dives deeper into that because I have so much to say. Um, so this is what I, this is the main thing. The main point I want to hit home for this. I want my method to get into the hands of single moms more than I want it for anyone else because I I don't call myself a single mom at this point. My ex-husband is so supportive. We co-parent so well. Like I don't, I don't identify with that term because it's just too, there's too much support. However, I know the feeling of like, it's just you doing things during the, like, it's just me making money. It's just me with the kids. It's just me. There are like stretches of time where it's like, okay, like I'm the only one here. I've got to put out all the sibling rivalry fires. I've got to run the business. I've got to figure out dinner. I've got to do everything. And I have all of that support. I have money through my business and my kids are older. So I can't even fathom raising little kids, multiple little kids alone, like going through that season and starting the business and having all of them like that and being a single mom at that point. I have increased my respect for single moms like so drastically over the last two years from my own experiences. And it's made me like, per- like purposely target through Facebook ads, like single moms, give them like special discounts and deals on my shit because I'm like, you guys, this is going to change your life. This is going to open you up to being able to have emotional space to date if you want, have mental space to start a business if you want, have space to do whatever the hell you want because those desires are meant for you. But if you don't have space to make them happen, you're going to live in a perpetual cycle of stuckness and a lack of fulfillment. So if I have something that I know is going to unlock that, hell yes. Like I'm all about getting this in front of single moms. Oh yeah. I, I wish I had something like this back then. And you're right. I, felt I always felt like I was in this um this cycle of that was out of control where I didn't have choices I was just being tossed around kind of like a plastic bag in the wind kind of like from one thing to the next thing and I was just reacting and reacting and reacting and so I wasn't creating my life I was just reacting to what life was throwing at me at the time and so it was really really hard for me to enjoy those times when my kids we're little and having something like this that, that could be somewhat structured, but then also at the same time, um, working for me as personally would have been so magically, ma- it would have been so magic for me. I, I think it's so important. I really think that um, you could help a lot of single moms out there mm-hmm. make their lives so it's much better. It's one of better. my biggest goals. I love going on like single mom podcasts. Like I said, I have ads targeted to them. Like it is it is like such a life mission. It's it's so interesting too. Like you start a business and then you don't realize like how it's going to shift as you go. Like I didn't even think about that when I was first starting this. I mm-hmm. I was just focused on trying to share and trying to get myself out of my own rut. But now I'm like, oh my God, like these are the women that need it more than anyone. Absolutely. What well, would be some of the mindset shifts that you need to make 
to be successful with the decluttering. Cause I know that I would have had to like change my mind about some things, you know, in order to Absolutely. be successful. Absolutely. So I think the foundational one is, are you even going to be able to receive more ease in your life? Because decluttering is going to bring that it's going to bring space. It's going to make things lighter. It's going to make things easier. And so consciously so many women are like, oh my gosh, heck yes, please sign me up. But subconsciously, they are using their chaos. The fact that it takes so much for them to maintain their home um, is something that they can use to, you know, their spouse or partner when they get home. Like, look at how hard my day was. Um, They're proving their worth through all the work they do at home all day, especially I find this in stay-at-home moms with um, a generally unsupportive partner or a husband who is just like, you know, what have you been doing all day? I'm the one making the money kind of vibe, which happens a lot and makes me so angry, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) So they're like subconsciously feel like they have to prove their worth. They have to say, I'm bringing this to the table. It was so hard. And if things were easy, would that be accepted by their partner? Is that okay? Um, They just don't feel like they don't feel like they're allowed to have things be easier. Um, And so that's a really big one. Beyond that, clutter is never about clutter. It's never about the things. The things and the stuff and the excess is always just a symptom of a bigger root issue. So there's a lot of different mindset shifts that can come up and need to happen from um, holding on to like labeling way too many things special or sentimental and holding on to like way too many things because of the memories. Um, to, you know, having a basic like a uh, borderline like hoarder disorder and not being able to let go of anything, assigning emotional meaning to um, like pretty much everything. I see this a lot in kids. There's five different types of um, kids in my Be the Boss of Your Stuff book and the emotional and attached kids like they have hoarding tendencies and it's all OK. It's all in adults and children, like all of this is okay. It's just understanding it and then knowing what to do about it to get you to the ultimate goal of lightness. It's not about being a minimalist and having like an X amount of things or whatever, or making it to any certain um, specific number or goal. It's just like, if you're overwhelmed, your physical environment is going to reflect that and contribute to it negatively. Let's get you out of that space. And what that looks like will be different in terms of details for every person. So we want to get you to the mindset shift that will allow you to let things go, make changes, change yourself in an identity level to where you're no longer even identifying as a person who accepts mess and chaos in her life. You have elevated to the next level of you, your higher self. And that's not okay anymore. That it's all mindset shifts. Then the physical decluttering is just almost like a side note. Yes, <laughs> so true. Yeah, you said something that really, like, I really felt strong about. Well, you said a couple of things, but the the first thing was when you said you you were trying to prove your worth. And I mm-hmm. find that we don't just do this in life, but we also do this in our businesses. You know, so we, we're doing all this busy work to prove that we deserve to get paid when we can make it so much easier for ourselves and do the work that really matters that really, you know, that really shows when we're in a state of flow, you know, do all that flowy work that really matters. So how can you bring decluttering into your business? Mm, I love this question. Um, think about, this is just like a first to kind of get your wheels spinning. 
think about what you're doing in your business that feels heavy because clutter, like everything is energy, right? So the energy of clutter is always going to be like you feel constricted. It feels heavy. It feels overwhelming. Um, so what in your business feels that way? My favorite exercise to walk clients through is to have them just kind of write out in a journal or a Google doc or something, just brain dump out all the different types of tasks they do in their business. Um, and of course, like we can take it a step further and you could like, okay, let's highlight in yellow all the ones we're going to delegate and all the ones we're going to just drop and whatever. But first, just seeing it. And before I have them like assign and or try to think through how they could do things differently, I just have them look through the list they just wrote out. And when they are reading it, like highlight or circle the tasks that bring up a negative, like a resistance, um, a constriction in their body or like a general feeling of heaviness. And usually they highlight like at least three things, usually like five to seven things. And so that's clutter. And maybe it's not something you can necessarily just drop, but it's the way you're doing it or the beliefs you have around the task that is clutter. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. I have a very similar exercise that I use with my clients. I call it ditch, delegate, and do. Oh, I and love it. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the three Ds. And it's it's similar, but not working with a, a business state of mind. It's more about, you know, life life things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, it makes it makes total sense. And I think it's very interesting that I never thought of like bringing that into my own business. It's something I teach my clients, but I've never brought it into my own business. I find we do that a lot. That's, in our own yeah. It's yeah. Same. <laughs> and talking about another, another thing I wanted to bring up that you mentioned before was, you know, like the hoarding and stuff like that. And I remember when I was reading your book, the part where you started talking about the, the clutter clutch. And I was like, Oh my God, she knows, she knows about my closet. I don't know how she knows about that. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and I, and then you just mentioned that it usually means something else. So now I'm gonna have to like think about what my closet means. I still haven't cleaned it out yet. It's, it's yeah, like ask yourself, like, okay, what does this represent for me? Like, where in my life am I hiding things back where I don't want to see it, and like keeping heaviness hidden. Oh my God. It's all my kids stuff. It's so funny. It's all my kids stuff. So yeah. symbolic and cl yeah. like clutter is such, it's such a, it's such a symbol. It's such a like, um, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about like the feeling of jealousy is like your signal to dive deeper. So is clutter, like where it is in the home. Um, even like the study of feng shui and like energetically where you keep your clutter, there's, it's like, it's crazy shit. <laughs> like, it really is. always something. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I love feng shui. And I had, I had another closet that I cleaned out when I did, I did that also. It was like my love, my love area. And it was like this closet and I was like, okay, well this explains a lot. This explains yeah. a lot. Um, I love that you talk about being intentional about each individual space. And I really think that this was the game changer of the whole book for me. Like it meant so much to me. I was like, this is so important. And yet we skip this so often. Mm -hmm. Can you like explain that a little deeper? Which part? About being intentional about each space, like how you go about doing that and oh, why that's yes, important. Yes, yes. 
Um, yes. So, okay. The intention that you bring to everything is what you're going to get back out of it. Right. And so think about like when you first get a new home, you, you, you get the home, you get the mortgage, the rent, whatever you walk in and you just feel really positive. You're like, okay, I need to change this wall color. I want it to look like this. I'm going to put this couch here. Like you have vision, you have intention for the home, but then like the movers bring everything in and right away, like on move-in day, you're overwhelmed because there's just boxes piled up everywhere. Everything's a mess. You kind of lose your vision a little bit, but you're still like, okay, like I could do this. And then like a few days go by, you're still not obviously fully unpacked because that's insane to expect that. And then like, you kind of have to get back to your business. The kids need things like life starts to happen and you just slowly get normalized in living in mess and chaos and things not matching your original intention. So what we want to do is we want to go back through our homes, no matter how long we've been living there and kind of go into each room and just ask like, like, you can ask the room. Like that sounds kind of weird. Like I like to bring in like energetics and like woo woo to my work. So you can go in and like even ask yourself or ask the room or both. Like, what is my intention for this space? What do I need this space to do for me? How can this space best serve me and my family while we are living here? And just see what comes up feel that. And then that's going to be your baseline for what you declutter and what you keep in that space. If it doesn't align with the intention that you set, like if it's your dining room and you're just like, um, like a lot of people don't even want to use a dining room for that. They want to make it a homeschool space or a craft area. Like it doesn't have to be what it was intended for, but let's say your dining room, you're like, I just, I went in my dining room and I asked that question and I was filled with visions of family meals and more togetherness. This space just literally fostering, um, more ease and flow for us to eat as a family together more often than we currently do. And you're just really feeling that intention. Well then great. Anything that doesn't perfectly line up and support that intention for that room does not belong in that room. So that's going to help you make decisions about what stays and what goes. That's the importance of setting an intention for a space before you make any decisions or grab that trash bag. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this was just like a game changer because when I read that, I was like, my God, this is so important and I don't believe I've ever done this. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you have a thought of what you might want for that space, but you never really go deep into it and ask those important questions. And yeah. so that's, that's what I did. I, I, before I even touched anything, I just went around and I'm like, what do I want to use this space for? I went to like the closets and like, even like my Island, you know, in my kitchen and stuff like that. So it was really, mm-hmm. Um, a different way of looking at things. And I just thought it was brilliant. I really did. Thank you. And I think it's, there's something to be said for like emotionally connecting to your space again, like your home, like this is where you live. It doesn't matter if you have a six month lease or you are, you bought the house, you know, 20 years ago and you're planning to live there another 20 years or more like this reconnect with your home. Like it, is energy. It is holding your memories. It is important. And you need to feel that connection and care for the home. Caring for your home is self-care. Absolutely. Caring for your home is self-care because it's the space. It's the energy that's going to be around you. And if you spend a lot of time in your home, like I do, I work here, you know, you have to make that energy good. You have to make it work and you have to help everything flow along into the next room. It makes a huge difference. I love everything that we talked about. I really did. 
Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for like fostering good, good conversation and good questions. Oh yeah. I have, I have one more question, one more question. And it's just a fun question. So if you could have anything in the world with no limitations, what would that be? Hmm. Anything in the world with no limitations. Yes. That's such a good, like you just spring that on me. Like I'm supposed to, (laughs) Oh, such a good question. Honestly. Ah, Okay, the first thought I had, I was, like, judging myself for it. (laughs) But I'm just going to say it. Like, I immediately was like, well, money, because I could stop hunger, travel, like, fund adoptions, like, help people, like, do all kinds of good things. Like, that power and that energy from all the money would be like, oh, my God, like, I'll just solve all the problems. Like, I got this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think there's anything to look down on that because money just expands the type of person of of, who you are. Amplifier. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do all these wonderful things and create opportunities for yourself and other people. So my mind goes to that and like health. Yes. Like money and health. Yeah. Well, I love that answer. And I, I love that question because every time someone's on and I ask them that question, I'm like, yeah, me too. Almost every time, every time. So thank you for being on and thank you for answering all my questions. I feel like I had a little private therapy session here today. So I appreciate you very much. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your platform with me. I'm so grateful. Thank you.